This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years with expertise across income and alternatives. Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit Nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible. From Wall Street to Davos, sustainable investing is blazing a new path into the mainstream. After years of mostly just talking about socially responsible investing, the world is actually coming to realize that ESG, or environmental, social, and governance factors, are not just about improving the world. They also measure risk and are starting to help investors make money. I'm Alex Yule, and welcome to The Readback. This week, we're joined by Barron's senior writer, Leslie Norton, who has spent several years covering sustainable investing. Hey, Leslie. Hey. We've been talking about sustainable investing for years now, but have we finally reached a tipping point? I think so. Just last week, Larry Fink wrote his widely read letter to CEOs and to clients. Larry Fink, founder and CEO of BlackRock, and announcing today that the firm will make investment decisions with environmental sustainability as its core. And in the letter, he said that BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager with more than $7 trillion under management, would seek to double the number of sustainable ETFs that they offer. In the letter, Fink writes, quote, the evidence on climate risk is compelling investors to reassess core assumptions of modern finance. He continues to say, quote, in the near future and sooner than most anticipate, there will be a significant reallocation of capital. And also to boost by tenfold the number of sustainable assets that they manage. Right now, they have $90 billion in sustainable assets. They want to get that up to $1 trillion. And I would bet that they can do it. Many people are interested in sustainable investing. Assets into sustainable investing funds grew fourfold last year. And just after Larry's letter dropped, there were inflows of $1 billion into one of BlackRock's big sustainable ETFs. And this isn't necessarily anymore just people wanting to do good, right? I mean, why is Larry Fink interested in sustainable investing or or ESG investing? Well, a critical part of Larry Fink's letter was about climate risk. Now, climate change is obviously a political football in the United States. And what Larry is doing is placing it squarely in the part of the investment process as a measure of climate risk. We should not avoid the conversation about climate change because climate change is now becoming an investment risk. And no differently as investors focus on well, yield curve or whatever forms of risk we have, it was very clear to me now we need to now bring forward. And, you know, climate is a very, very long-term risk. That's why people haven't done much about it. Right. But that future is approaching a 30-year mortgage could literally be underwater, depending on where it's located. And he wants investors and clients to put this at the heart of their investment process and understand where they're putting their money. 
Yeah, and that's fascinating to me because, I mean, like you said, investors understand risk. That's the language they speak. That's right. Well, one of the things he said last week was that he got an email from a client in a red state who thanked him profusely for writing the letter and said, we are going to put this at the heart of our investment process. Could you define ESG for us? Right. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Principles. They now are critical to what we think of as sustainable investing. It used to be socially responsible investing. That was the previous iteration. And that was just about screens, about, you know, divesting from Sudan or South Africa or various other countries that people didn't find socially acceptable because of their social practices. So now we are in this ESG iteration where everything is looked at through the lens of risk. And in future, it's going to probably devolve to impact where investors are going to try and measure the social impact of their corporations in a variety of sectors. And I just want to point out then the E, the S, and the G, governance and sort of the makeup of a company's board really has as much of a factor in these ratings then as how you're affecting the climate as a company. Right, because the governance and the board actually tells the company what to do in terms of their practices, and they follow up to make sure that a company has done what the board has asked. So climate change is also a major topic at the World Economic Forum in Davos this week. Tell us a little bit more about the evolution. I mean, how have we gotten to this point? How long have you been thinking and writing about sustainability? I've been writing about sustainability for a few years here at Barron's. We started covering it about four years ago when we started publishing our annual ranking of sustainable funds. It's part of our mutual fund coverage. And it was about, you know, an area of the fund industry that was growing and we thought we should shine a light on it. But what has happened is partly because of Larry Fink, who a couple of years ago wrote a very, very widely read letter um, that said that corporations should have a social purpose. This has gathered steam within the corporate community. This year's Davos is specifically about sustainability. And I'll give you a little bit of background to that. Last year, the Business Roundtable, which is, you know, along with the Chamber of Commerce, one of the biggest sort of corporate trade groups, I would say, issued a letter that said that corporations should have a purpose and that corporations should not only focus on shareholder return, but that they should also focus on the needs of a variety of stakeholders, including customers, employees, and including suppliers. And that's a big change from the days of just driving shareholder return. That's right. In the 70s, Milton Friedman, the eminent economist, said the sole purpose of a corporation should be to produce shareholder return. And now it's moved away from that. Now, the people at the Business Roundtable and also Sustainable Investing would argue that this is about producing long-term shareholder return. This is about making sure companies are durable, that they survive for the long term because they have a clientele that's happy with them. This all sounds fascinating, but also kind of complicated. So do investors now have the tools they need to make decisions around ESG factors? Well, they have some of the tools they need. One of the things that Larry Fink asked companies to do in his letter to companies is to report along sustainability metrics, you know, things that are material to whether they will face risk in future or not. 
And one of the things that we did at Barron's, and we've been doing this for the fourth year now, is we looked at these funds that had above average or high sustainability ratings, and then we ranked them in terms of their returns for 2019. What we discovered was for the fourth year running, the number of funds that outperformed the S&P 500 was much higher in sustainable mutual funds than they were for the active management universe in general. Fascinating. So doing good here means doing well? Yes, doing good means doing well. Now, there's a caveat there. A lot of the stocks that these funds own are actually stocks that performed well in 2019. Of course, right. Um, These were stocks that in a low-growth universe with zero earnings growth actually had earnings growth, actually had good balance sheets. These were quality growth companies. And these kinds of sustainable investments where the companies are going to be durable because of their characteristics tend to coincide with the uh, investments that sustainable funds own. You know, so we ran into a bunch of funds, including the top one, that don't regard themselves as sustainable. The manager of the top mutual fund last year, which is a tiny fund called Matthew 25, he invests in quality growth companies. And in fact, when I called him, he said, what's a sustainable fund? (laughs) Do you think that there's just a clear connection then between a quality growth company and a sustainable company? I think in the past there has been a connection. One of the things that will happen as we go forward is that, you know, more and more companies will be reporting sustainability metrics, obviously. More and more companies will do what the Business Roundtable asks and take into account the needs of a variety of stakeholders. So it may well be that these companies are moving in that direction anyway. So Leslie, what do you think? Is all this just a passing fad or is sustainable investing really here to stay? I think sustainable investing is really here to stay. We have gotten more and more interest from all kinds of investors. We've gotten interest in particular from millennials and younger investors who want to vote their values and want to invest with their values. As we know, they already consume with their values. So as this group ages, as they inherit money, we are going to see them investing in sustainable funds. And do you think this is more than just a generational change? I think it is more than just a generational change. We are also seeing sort of older investors taking this into account. And one of the things that is persuading them is looking at the returns of these funds and seeing that they don't actually give up anything for performance. However, there's a real big issue for older investors, which is that if they're in retirement, Fossil fuel companies, oil companies have some of the largest dividends out there. That's really And if they need income, you know, where else are they going to get it? So what's someone searching for yield and in need of yield supposed to do in this situation? Well, it's a choice that they're going to have to make. You know, Larry Fink, when I asked him this question last week, actually said, look, there are plenty of other yield-paying investments out there. You can look in, you know, he didn't say this, but, you know, I would imagine you can look in MLPs or real estate or a bunch of other investments. But it's something that people are going to, you know, have to do for themselves as they go down this journey. All right, Leslie, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
You can see the full ranking on the most sustainable mutual funds in the latest issue of Barron's, and as always, on Barron's.com. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Litzhoft. The Readback will return next Wednesday. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.